Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode three of the Babble Box. I am joined this week by my good friend Justin. Justin, hello, hello. Hello, hello. How's it going? Welcome to the first uh, guest starring of friends for the Babble Box. Could, could be good time. Good time. Will be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> first of many, hopefully. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. How how was your day? Tell me about your day. How was your day? Good day. Uh, for me, for me, uh, it's been you know the same old, same old. Uh, had another day off, which was nice. So I've been putting in serious time into Hades, and I really regret not playing it sooner because this game is immaculate. I I, I haven't played Hades, but I've seen uh, like between you and uh, Med play that play it. I it, it seems like a very fun time. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been pretty fun because medical has been like over my shoulder the whole time while I play. Where it's like uh, it's not even um, it's not in the sense of like uh, gatekeeping. It's in more of the sense of like that helpful like second player on a couch, but through Discord, where he's like, <laughs> "Hey, you might want to do this because hey, you could get this combo and synergy." Did you do this thing? Did you do that thing? Cool, great, love that. Yeah, it's almost like the helpful nudge. Like you don't have to do this, but consider you it. You should. You might. You might. You might wanna. No, it seems like oh, a very yeah. like uh, a very fun game because that that reminds me of um, like several just sort of like rogue. I shouldn't say roguelike games. So that's it's not one of those types of games, but like one of those really like hack and slashy type games, and it seems like a lot of fun. I'd say it's definitely like a roguelite, rogue, roguelite, uh, roguelike, <laughs> whichever. Uh, I one never know the difference. I, I never yeah. know the difference. One, it's one of those things. if I'm not mistaken, like one is like, I want to say it's roguelite, where like you will die, but like progress is made by dying or something like that, and the other one just has like, it's tough or something. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, it's always confused me which one is which. Um, it's definitely the one where it's as you die, you make more progress, and the goal is still to win, but you will die and will start over. Um, it's It's been like a genre that kind of scratches a very particular itch for me, like games like Into the Gungeon, games like Binding of Isaac, Risk Ooh. of Rain. It's like that that vein of games that you just tap into. Uh, it's so fun to get into. And once I do, I just find myself it, very like encapsulated by the whole process. It really sucks your time away from you. <laughs> like if it's one thing I learned from like Binding of Isaac or uh, especially like Risk of Rain, both like one and two, like it just like, it sucks your time away. Like you don't even realize how much time you've been spending in it until like you look at the clock and you're like, oh, uh, okay, this has been a, a three hour run. All right, neat, bet. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. It, it's kind of in a boat where I was logging off today earlier and I was like, all right, time to pop off. And I had 30 hours and I played the game three days ago. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I haven't spent that much time in a con like a, in a consecutive game like that. Like it, not counting like I shouldn't say I don't know, because like there's games that I play like all the time where. It is. I, 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 I don't know, because I, I play there. They're. they're there are certain games that I play where it, it it does, like, I do spend a lot of time, but, like, that's just the nature of the game. I haven't spent, like, a lot of time in a game like that in a very long time. Yeah, um, I think the last time that a game hit me this hard 
uh, was probably trying to. I did put a shit ton of hours into Cyberpunk. That game really dug up my time. But I think the one that I really sat down and spent like a whole weekend doing was uh, Spider-Man for PS4. I put in. I I platinumed the entire game. Uh, for context, platinuming is uh, on PlayStation where you get every achievement in the game and you get the platinum trophy. But I basically spent the entire weekend and I got that done. I think there's only one game where I achieved platinum, and I want to say it was like it was. PlayStation 3's uh, Heavenly Sword. I think that was the only one I managed to ever platinum. Other than like the very like small indie games where like you basically just play through the game once and you get every single achievement. But basically Telltale games. <laughs> <laughs> but what Honestly. what is that though? Yeah, I've never heard of that game. Heavenly Sword. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it was I, I want to say it was a launch title for uh, PlayStation 3. So like it was one of the first few games because I, I remember when. We, <laughs> I laugh at this now because it's a really big mistake. But when the PlayStation Three first came out, like the model is like a big fat one. Um, it only had sixty gigabytes of 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 like hard drive space, which, in all honesty, like for that time, like you're making that transition from PlayStation Two to PlayStation Three. So I don't think that Sony really had in mind like how big like a downloading games platform was going to become as more and more people got access to like high speed internet and stuff like that. But uh, we got it relatively soon after it came out and we went to the sketchy Kmart. It was the only Kmart, like it's it's far, far long gone now, but we went to this Kmart and bought it. And uh it was like I think it was at that time it was like three, three fifty, something like that. Um, which nowadays for like a sixty gigabyte package is worthless. Um <laughs> But it was one of the, like Heavenly Sword was one of the games that were that that was uh like one of the first games that came out for it, and uh it was like that one we bought I think Assassin's Creed, and I don't remember if Ratchet and Clank uh was one of the the early titles I don't honestly remember I want to say it was, or at least it was like out in time when we bought it, um. But we bought like two to three games for it, and it was, it was that's all we had. But um, Heavenly Sword is. Um, have you heard of uh, the the same studio made a, a more recent game? I think it's called Hell's Blade, uh, Tales of Senua Senua or something like that. You seen oh, that at all? Oh, yep, Hellblade Senua Sacrifice. That's yes. the one where um, it's the Celtic. It's a Celtic, I think, uh, tale. I don't think it's true. Mm-hmm. I think it was a myth, but some people do regard it as truth. Or it was a Senua's story where a lot of people think that she might have just had schizophrenia, but it was like how she believed that she was fighting like these um, otherworldly beings and coping with loss. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. I have that game, but I, I played through like the first like 15 minutes of it and I was like, I was, I was so lost. Like I got to like the big ass door in the beginning and then I was just, I, I was like, I, my brain can't handle what's going on because there's voices whispering in my head, but um. Yeah, the same creators that made that game also made Heavenly Sword back in the day. Um, and the the story goes, uh, spoilers, but uh, the overarching story goes, this: there's this tribe in, I believe it's sort of like an Asian province or something. I'm not entirely sure, like the heritage, but the look and feel of like armor and stuff like that is sort of, I don't know, it's like medieval in a sense, but I don't know, it's... It, it, there's this tribe who protects this sort of artifact um, and has been protecting it for a long time. And this, there's this king that's kind of been hunting them 
uh, for quite a while um, because he has like a collection of very rare items and trinkets, but this blade is what he's after, um, which is said to give immense power to the wielder, um, but at a cost. But he wants it for his collection, and he's this very ruthless king who will just basically hunt down whoever. But this tribe who has been protecting this 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 blade for a very long time uh, has been sort of running away from him. And there is uh, like I don't remember like there there's a part in the, sort of the, where in the beginning where the main character's name is Nariko, I believe. Um, she's very stubborn headed, like your average uh, sort of uh, protagonist, like very stubborn doesn't listen to their their elders just kind of like i don't know but back in the day like the design of the game is just beautiful her model design is absolutely just gorgeous like the the mechanics of the game are amazing but um yeah like so they've been they've been protecting this sword and the father uh, i don't remember what his name i think it's shen something like that um (laughs) like was going to kill her using this blade why oh, that that took a turn yeah <laughs> well like they're running from they're running from the king or whoever it is i don't like i don't know what you want to call him because it, i feel i think it's king but they're running from this guy who's chasing after them and he's wielding like an army he's what like all sorts of monstrosities um like early age catapult stuff like that and um uh he's after this blade like in the middle of the night for whatever reason like as they're going to be found and like they're they're the the king is basically just like right on their doorstep. He uh sort of has the blade over her and she's barely awake. So like she's kind of dreaming, but you know, she's in that like fugue state where you're kind of there but you're also really not. And he has the blade whole like hoisted over her and instead of killing her, like drops the like the 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 blade um because he like he can't do it. Um so instead of that, he tasks uh Nariko to protect the blade at all costs but never to use it and that is like that is what she is told so upon doing that she is running from the the king their their tribe gets found and because she's been tasked with protecting this sword she needs to run away so they they come to these like ruins of like a temple or something like that and um they end up like sort of holding off for a little bit but eventually they get overrun and she's told to just run she needs to go like they'll they'll hold off and join her when she can so she goes off and you know does whatever um eventually i believe in the scene she like she gets cornered and um she uh it, it, like the king confronts her and of course um her father um is captured and is shown in front of her obviously to provoke emotion and all that stuff and she's of course like absolutely pissed at this point and she'll like do whatever and like the king is just like give me the blade and you won't get hurt meanwhile he's torturing him so uh the father continues to tell her like don't use the blade run away like you need to go do not wield the blade and of course like she starts unsheathing the blade and the moment she starts to use the blade 
you know, she she shows she had like very good prowess with a blade before. Um, but this is a big ass two handed blade is what is like the main form that it takes. And so I she see. wields yeah. it like it's nothing. And uh, like it gives her so much power. The very unique thing about this blade, though, is it has three forms. It has the big two hander, very slow, very powerful. You can then split it apart into two smaller swords. And then there's, uh, I forget what the, the name of like the, the style of weapon is, but basically a blade on, on chains. And you could just whip it around like crazy. Um, so she starts wielding it, and so starts the, the prophecy of the wielder of the blade. And the blade is said to give power to, to that person who uses it, but while they use it, it will drain their life. You know, oh. like the power comes at a cost. So, you know, she goes on this journey to, to free her tribe members, to find her father, to eventually kill this king. Um, and yeah, meanwhile, wielding the blade, while it, which is slowly killing her, and she's having visions. Like, the, the, it, it's very strange. Like, they did a very good job of framing the story. Because how it kind of starts in the beginning is you're kind of in this like weird um, sort of vision. Like it, it takes perspective from what I would imagine would be the spirit of the blade or whoever, like the god that created it or whatever. And Nariko's kind of just in this like fog dense area, like in the middle of nowhere, there's like these pillars that are surrounding her and she's just kind of there, like spirit world esque. And like. You know, she's talking into the void. She's talking into what looks like you. It breaks the fourth wall many times with those. And it's just, it's, it's so strange. But, like, eventually you piece it together that it takes perspective from the god. And she's watching her memories. She's watching all this happen. Um, and towards the end, I don't know if you care about spoilers or not, but... No, it's good. Game, this game's <laughs> been out since, like, what, 2000? When did the PSV come out? Like, 2008, nine, something like that? In a hot minute. I, it's been a while. But, um, yeah, so, like, it, it's showing her all of the things that she did while wheeling the blade. She's dead during this time. Like, the, all these memories, like, she's dead whenever she's in that void state. Like, she's dead. Like, she is... The, the sword killed her. It eventually drained all of her life force. And, sort of, before you get to that point where you're at the, um... Uh, before you get to the point where you're in the void and you start her like from the very beginning, you're in this huge battlefield against the king's entire army, wielding this sword, changing its forms, destroying his entire army, catapults and all, and like you're basically unstoppable. And then, like it, 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 it sort of it irked me when I watched it the first time, but what happens is like you start seeing tattoos appear on your body. You start feeling weak. Um, the sword starts spiraling from where you grip it in the handle up your arms. And like the part that hurt me was like the tattoos appear, the symbols appear all along your eye, and they're like glowing red. And it, it it's like a weird cross between like red paint and blood. Like it kind of looks like both. So like these symbols start covering her, and she dies. And after going through all these memories and going through all these missions and stuff like that and reviewing all the things that she did while wielding it, like, you eventually come back full circle to that, that point. And you get revived. Uh, like, you come hmm. back as sort of, like, a last, like, 
don't know. It, it's it's very odd, but like you come back with that full blown power again, uh, and you wield the blade even further. Meanwhile, this king gets possessed or like holds like I don't know if he touched the blade or whatever the case is, but he ends up becoming this really dark energy like embodiment of just like absolute negative energy and it's just uh like you face off against him and eventually like it it upset me because you do die in the end like the last scene is just like this funeral that they're having for noriko and it's really just upsetting and unfortunate but like they did like the story is so good the combat system is so like fluid it's uh oh my god if you ever get the chance to play it like please for a for a very early title for a playstation 3 like it's phenomenal yeah i'll definitely give that a whirl that sounds really good from the way you're describing it too or like even um, just watching it is fucking insane a good playthrough yeah no definitely like that is sounds like it does of... not mess around oh god no like it's so much fun and like even because there's a lot of uh of course they they this was like the start of the six axis controller with playstation 2 so you had like this motion sensing controller. So there's a lot of um, QT, QTEs, quick time events. So you like you have to use like full motion and buttons and all that stuff. And it's really it's really cool. Yeah, no. Um, a game that uh hits really hard too. Um, not even one that I particularly played, but one that I watched a playthrough of and looked very fascinating was a uh, Shadow of the Colossus. Mm. Another one that's been around for an insanely long time i think what ps2 was when it came out yeah but um yeah but like the premise is absolutely like sad uh right out right out of the gate and the premise is pretty simple too it's um i think it's your sister uh is either incredibly ill or passed away and you're trying to save your sister and bring her back because obviously you love your sister and you care about her and uh the main character like the protagonist learns of this ability to bring his sister back but it requires slaying the colossus or the colossi i don't know the plural but you basically have to um traverse the lands to find all the colossi colossus and uh slay them to get what you need the power you need to bring uh your sister back um and it's cool because it's like that game was one of the first ones to start the debate of uh, video games as art too because just everything about it was stunning from the music being very subtle to the design of the world, just the art and the fact that it it didn't have any levels. It didn't have any, like any user interface at all. Like it was just do the thing, get it done. Very open screen, just your character and the task in front of you. Um, The interesting mechanic was the boss like the Colossus was the level in a way where you're traversing and climbing around the Colossus as if it was a puzzle or a Rubik's cube you needed to solve to get the goal accomplished. Um, in terms of like a story beat and how it ties into uh, what you were describing, not only was like the premise sad, like, oh, your sister's dead, you have to bring her back. But in addition to that, once you go through with your task, at points throughout the story, you were warned, like, hey, maybe you shouldn't do this. Maybe you should just leave things be and accept that she's gone. Um, and you come back to resurrect her. Um, and you come to realize that by killing the Colossus, you have um, unleashed a great evil upon the land. And that evil was telling you to resurrect your sister. Uh, and by, by association, you have now imbued yourself with the darkness. 
and now there's nothing protecting the world. So yes, you brought your sister back to life, but now you're this great evil, and you brought it a, you brought it upon the land. So it's like, yeah, accomplished your goal, but in the end, you also ruined the world. <laughs> so it kind of hits that message of like maybe just accept the way things are, even if it's not the easiest approach. There are a lot of games that have sort of that theme where like. I shouldn't even say games like there's a lot of media in general where like you know beloved person dies and um like the goal is to bring them back to life and like in upon doing so like something happens where it's just like you know obviously there's consequences into that um and it just sort of like it, there's always that negative consequence whether it's something that happens with the world or like with the individual or with the person that's doing like the seance or whatever um I remember there was a game, it was for the, the PlayStation Vita. Um, it was it was one of the early titles, I think. It was called Dungeon Hunter Alliance, I believe, something like that. Um it's a very is it's one of those like hack and slash RPGs type type like top down style games. Um but the story starts off with uh like this this uh king loved his wife they got married uh like two years later she felt extremely ill um and eventually died from that illness and he was so like heart-stricken that he started to sort of look into the like deeper darker magics to bring her back um and like uh, there were uh, like there's fairies in this world like the fae they're just like you really shouldn't be doing this chief and he's like nah I- i'm gonna I'm a do it i'm gonna bring her back i love her so much i i can't live without her he brings her back and everything's everything's like fine like the the whole like kingdom sort of rejoices for like a little bit like these feasts that are held and stuff like that and i think in the span of like a month two months something like that like things start sort of she starts acting weird and you know like twitchy and just kind of odd and eventually she succumbs to this really dark magic um that brought her back to life like um ends up murdering him and uh you know he dies she basically ruins the entirety of the kingdom and the fairies that pushed him not to to uh that pushed him not to do it eventually bring him back to life but in the process they get captured by the queen except for one um who goes and uncovers his burial chamber and wakes him up and so at the end you know he kills what used to be his wife and now this really dark angry possessed uh body and he, he dies in the process because like that's that's you have to like to make sure everything's gonna be fine for the rest of the world from now on like you you like you have to die too you mess around and be prepared for the consequences of what you did because yep. there will be consequences regardless of what you like what you try to do you ever think about like the like old vine people and like old memes and stuff like that i was like where are where is that person now it's funny too because you get those like clickbait articles where it's like where are they now and it's and they never give you a straight answer they just kind of like beat around the bush for like 20 pages and i'm like you know what i could have just looked this up myself right like they're (laughs) like oh let's get into his backstory let's get into like where he was during the making of that 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 iconic meme like let's get into what his family has to say about it what is he doing now? Oh, you'll find out on page like thirty-six of our article. <laughs> yeah, it's like um, 
thank you for giving me like a sentence on each page uh, <laughs> when you could have easily compiled this into like one article. That would have been nice, but hey. My my biggest pet peeve, there are a few uh, like, I, I shouldn't call them journals. There's a few like clickbait uh, uh, article makers. I don't know what you want to call them. There's a few like, uh, there's a few sources like that where like, especially with like Facebook or Twitter ads and stuff like that, where it's just like, where is the person now? Like, what about this? And you like go to their website and it's just like the, instantly upon loading the page, you get a pop up and then you close the pop up and two seconds later there's another ad. And like, it's like one paragraph and then like two ads in one paragraph like that, that irritates me so bad. And I hate that so much. Like that's such bad web design and it's so irritating. Like, I get it. Ultimately, they just want the ad revenue. They don't really care about my well-being or my time. But They're, they're the there for the clicks. Like, yeah. That's like, it. Come on, give me, give me what I was here for. Right. At the uh, end of the day. So weird. I hate, like, I understand that, like, yeah, ad revenue is great. Clicks are great. Attention is perfect. Like, I crave that. Duh. But, like, there's a point where like it becomes too much and you really got to scale it back a little bit like i, I don't know it, it irks me inside it makes me so oh no it's mad it's mad annoying at the end of the day because it's like i really just wanted to get to the end goal and i mean at the end of the day i could have read a novel's worth of information um like literally just write a novel sat down enjoyed my time uh and it probably would have occupied the same amount of space as reading sentence by sentence waiting for the page to load <laughs> And the best part, cost you less brain power. Yeah. <laughs> you have to decipher brain power through garbage. Is, my brain power is important. It's very limited. I have half a brain cell on a good day. Please don't brain waste do it. It be empty. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't tell you how many times, like, I will catch people with bad research. I, I try to be as thorough as I can in as little time as I possibly can research something, but, like, Schools obviously don't teach you how to research well. They'll teach you like good websites and stuff like that, but like they never mention, at least for my like honors classes, like they never mention like, go to the source article, read the source article, stuff like that. Like, oh, if you see anything that's on like a dot org website, it's probably true. And I'm like, <laughs> but uh, this person over here that it, like spouts inane bullshit about XYZ, that's a dot org website. Should I believe them? And I was like, well, it's a it's a .org website, so it's probably better than a .com website. I don't know why I'm like, giving my uh, honors teachers a, a southern accent, but uh, giving them. Hey, that's how it would be. Sometimes you got a good honors teacher, but they have that southern twang. I mean, I had, um, I, man, this is throwing me way back to high school. I had this uh, chemistry teacher. Um, not, honestly, not one of my favorite teachers ever. Did not teach the class very well. Um, the only reason I made it through is because chemistry is very straightforward at the beginner's level. It was like balancing chemical equations and stuff like yeah. that. But Easy. she uh, she was a very hefty woman, like the kind of woman that would occupy an entire three-person sofa uh, with a very heavy Southern accent. Um, but uh, she did not explain anything to anyone in the class. So I remember I understood things pretty well, so I never had to ask questions. And I don't like asking questions uh, in school, so I just kind of left it be. But um, this other gentleman next to me, uh, like a, I wouldn't call him a, a friend, I'd call him an acquaintance, but 
he would have questions and he would ask her like, so I don't understand. Like you explained to this, but it's just not like clicking a membrane. Um, the synapses aren't firing. Uh, what is what is this exactly? And she'd like give him a blank stare for like a few seconds. And then she'd repeat the same thing in the same way as she did when she was up there at the front of the board. And I'm like, can't just keep saying the same thing and expect a different result. He needs a different <laughs> explanation. He's just, it's, it's not clicking. You got to give him something else. So I would basically help him instead because clearly she was just not bothering but my favorite thing was we didn't have any chick-fil-a uh in my location because i'm in massachusetts there's not much up here for southern uh places like popeyes doesn't really uh rear its ugly head up here that often stuff like that closest thing to chicken we have is like kfc but um she was getting super fired up because they're putting a chick-fil-a down the street and like every other day if we wanted to hear her talk for like 20 minutes we would just bring up chick-fil-a and just go off but um one of my one of my favorite things that like she ever said it wasn't even anything particularly funny but she was just like drawing graphs on the board to explain things and she just goes man i love graphs oh. <laughs> <And> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like what, what the fuck? Yeah. Just the way she said graph wasn't even like she didn't even pronounce the A, it was just graph. I love GERFs. <laughs> Forget GIF or GIF, it's graph or GERF. It's 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 nerf or nothing. <laughs> it's nerf or nothing. That reminds me um, of uh I'm sure you've seen it, the the fucking nickelback meme where it's like, look at this graph. <laughs> Look Please at this graph. Oh, thank yeah, God. Yeah, no, here. absolutely. Okay. And it's like, just if you have not seen that there. classic meme, I'm gonna, yeah, the dumb smile that's just on his face as he's holding the picture of a graph. Uh, it's one of those memes I'll, I'll, I will look at and I'll be like, man, that's a good meme. I don't care who you are. That's a good fucking meme. Did your school ever, uh, like, consider like year round school? Was that ever a thing for you guys? Uh, year-round school? No, we never even bothered messing with that. There was there was one year with my high school where they considered, like they were almost ready to go through with it, and then like they realized, like, oh, we don't have air conditioning in the summer, and this place gets hot. So they were just like, yeah, we're not going to invest in air conditioning, and we don't want complaints, so we're just not going to do it. But like, like there, I feel like the big year like push for year-round school is because the the whole scenario goes like you spend nine months in school and then everybody goes on summer break and then you go back to school in the fall and then you have to spend the next three months reviewing and then you have six months to teach new stuff and then just the cycle repeats where if you go to like year-round school like it doesn't necessarily have to be that way like the amount of information you retain is better but like everybody's miserable <laughs> yeah I mean, year-round schooling, by the logic of if you don't use it, you lose it, is very effective. But at the same time, like, eh, eh, I like the breaks. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of, like, parents, and there's a lot of, like, kids who really use their summers for, like, like, that was a big ar argument. Like, I remember having to write papers on this for my classes, because it was, like, two years in a row where they were actually really actively considering um, doing year-round school for us. Because um, they, they had the funding to do it. They had like the, the support of the staff for the most part with a few exceptions. But um, the big thing was like, this will enter. I remember like the student arguments like, you know, this will interfere with like trips and, and stuff like that. 
kids won't be able to work in the summer as much as they you know would be would have been able to previously um like there there would be less uh like i should say less breaks because they they would schedule it so that you still get like the same amount of time off like you still get those like three summer months off but it'd be scattered throughout the year kind of situation um but it was like you know there was the whole pc or hot to spend more money on that kind of stuff but like it was something that my school actively considered never went through with but it, like I, I understand the reason because like you said you, like you don't use it you lose it and you know you spend three months not using anything you're gonna forget everything and then you know you spend the next two three months reviewing and you know go from there but yeah it, it's worthless <laughs> oh absolutely one reason i'm glad to be out of school yeah, I'm I'm enjoying college a reasonable amount because everything I'm learning is very, very relevant to the world around me. And it does feel like I'm sucking up a lot of information that I will be able to use in the long run. Um, whether I use it actually, like in the workforce, is another story. But it is interesting stuff all the same. Uh, like figuring out like the forces behind why a building is able to stand upright without being knocked down by earthquakes and stuff. And like how to properly balance that stuff is very interesting. Um, I even learned like uh, the mechanisms within an engine, for example. Like I learned how to use, how to design and calculate the like dimensions for four bar linkages to make them work properly. Uh, and I worked on a project where this this might get into some deeper territory, but just to briefly explain, let's say you have a piston in a car engine that uh, has two valves. Uh, one that puts in the fuel to cause the combustion, to cause the piston to move, and an out valve that takes out all the exhaust and shoots it out um, through your exhaust system. Um, in the engine, you have something called a cam that if you need those pistons, or not those pistons, uh, if you need those valves to open on a specific schedule uh, to properly go like open the in valve, close the in valve, open the open the exhaust valve, close the exhaust valve, like on a schedule, you would design two, like two things called cams. And what a cam is, is think of uh, like a circle, like a perfect circle. If I had, uh, think of it like a record, uh, like the needle on a record, but the needle is following uh, the outside edge of that circle. Um, like a, like think a can of soda, if I held out a can of soda and I put my finger like tangent to the can the geometry of the like soda can, then and I roll my finger around it and I just rotate the can, my finger's not gonna move. But let's say that there is uh an uneven portion of the can, like a part of the can that bulged out, that's gonna push my finger out away from the can. So that if that can is misshapen, like it's got that bulge, that would be what you call a cam. And basically, with uh, with these valves, what you do is you design a cam for the in valve and a cam for the out valve. And what that cam does is uh, it rotates. So the cam will rotate, uh, and they'll rotate on a different schedule so that they open and close at different times. And the reason why you do that is um, it means that the valves will open when they're supposed to open in a proper cadence. Uh, and basically, I 
I spent like a large portion of one of my classes learning how to design various cams and the equations to do them. So that mathematically, if you gave me um, specifications for how you need your uh, mechanism to operate, I could design a cam to make it happen. Uh, interesting information, but very complex. Oh, yeah. And like the nice thing about like learning stuff like that is like obviously you're learning things that you're like passionate about or things that you want to learn about whether you're going to use them or not like that's your choice. Obviously like I would go to college for uh um what's something that I'm not even supposed to like I wouldn't go to art school. I wouldn't go to learn how to draw like Picasso because art's something that number one I am I feel like I'm very incapable of doing. Uh obviously you do like practice involved but like I I, I don't know. It's not something I'm passionate about, but if I went to school for like, uh, like, uh, uh, um, like circuitry or electrical engineering, which is something I really like to learn, and something I really wanted to learn, uh, in high school, like that'd be something I would, I, I would use, and like, that's the glory of college is like high school. You're forced to sit there and you're forced to do things that you know for sure. Like I'm never gonna need to know, or you know, recite the entirety of. Uh, declaration of independence like i'm never going to need to recite to you uh edgar Allan poe's you know first poem or whatever the case is like i, I it's not not necessary it's not needed. but like in college if you wanted to go and do this thing you have the opportunity to sure there's things in college as well but like you get to pick your major you get to pick what eventually you kind of spec in for you it's you mechanical engineering for me, it would be something completely different you can choose the useless information that you want to get <laughs> <laughs> every field has it <laughs> pick your poison yep no there was uh i remember my my elementary music teacher was like i uh once i graduated i reached out to her i wanted to wanted to like talk with her. like i wanted to see how she was doing because i hadn't actually spoken to her in a long time um during my senior year i had taken a class with her husband who was one of the um ancient world history uh teachers uh which ancient world history is like crack cocaine to me and i love all of that shit um i, I was fascinated by all of that but uh, i'd spent like the the year with him and learning from him um and all of that good stuff and um i like i reached out to her and she complained so much about all the stuff in college. She because she asked me like we got in the topic because I was talking. She was talking about if I was going to college or not, and I was like, no, I like I plan on just doing this. Like this is what I wanted. I want to do with my future. Like these are the plans that I have. And she's like, okay, that that sounds like a very good like. That sounds like something that would be very very wonderful to do. And she just went on and on about like the useless things she learned in college. Like I I work. I'm a music major. Like I'm never gonna need to know the square root of the circumference of pi r squared multiplied by uh the square root of 106 uh like she's just like i and obviously it's pretty like a very exaggerated example but like yeah there's useless shit you learn it everywhere i i don't know for me i have like a love-hate relationship with school in the sense that i love learning new things and acquiring information and it's very fascinating stuff like um for example, I love video games or like shows or media with lore, like deep, rich stories that like extend beyond what I just like processed or played or etc. Um, 
but it's just stuff like that's very interesting. So that side of school is very nice, but at the same time, sometimes it's like I really don't want to bog myself down with these formulas. Sometimes it's not actually that interesting to me. So it can be tough, but I um I picked I didn't even pick it as like a like a minor, but I just I picked up a few classes for my electives that were all ethics and psychology based because to me the discussion of ethics uh and what ought to be is very fascinating um because a lot of people can't really make the (laughs) the distinction between what is subjective and what is objective a lot of people think that they can say that objectively something is bad and it's like well you can argue why you think it's bad but you can't tell me outright that it's bad (laughs) but uh i don't know all of that that entire vein of stuff was very fascinating i i wanted to take a psychology uh we offered a uh, one of my honors English, I think my honors two, my honors English two teacher offered a psychology class, um, and it got filled up really quick. But no, I like the, the like mechanics of people's minds are extremely fascinating. Like I want to know why some people think this, think X, or like the reasoning behind why, um, you know, this individual versus this individual thinks this versus this. Maybe that's brought by their upbringing maybe that's brought by system replaced in maybe it's like society pressures and all that stuff um but i had a really big fascination with uh like uh like criminal psychology which i think is its own sort of field um but like why like somebody who is uh you know in a bad mental i, I don't even know what to like, call it but like somebody who's in a psychotic uh like episode or whatever like why they think the things that they do and like what would push somebody to do these things like i don't know like criminal psychology was something that like deeply fascinated me and that kind of stuff and that's something i was very interested in but i yeah that class filled up very quickly and i never had time to sign up for it you know (laughs) that's criminal psychology is very cool i i just kind of did like a general psychology I, I reckon that learning why uh, people commit crimes would be very fascinating. But at the end of the day, in my psychology class, I learned a lot about like the id, the ego, etc. Um, I learned about like REM cycles and uh, like mental illness and what constitutes them. But I feel like the funniest takeaway for me is I learned that the reason why people have feet fetishes is because uh, the neuron synapses in the brain, where you uh, you have like stimuli for uh, genitals and stimuli for like your feet are like right next to each other so some people have that wire crossed <laughs> and it's not even a mental illness it's just the neurons are so close <laughs> i could have gone my entire life without knowing that and now i'm cursed with that information what if feet people are actually normal and we're the weird ones <laughs> <laughs> we got our synapses crossed the wrong way and this is what we ended up with <laughs> the hand i was dealt told me that feet are disgusting can't believe it's already Friday. The weekend's already upon us, and I got school on Monday. Oh, Rest man. I have tomorrow <laughs> it's going to be something. God. Oh, my God. Heck, yeah. Today is a, a mind-numbing thing. Like, I started off this morning. Like, everything was okay. I woke up. I was like, all right, I, gotta, I, got, I got schedules to check. I need to go over daily paperwork stuff. I need to make sure information's put in properly checking all the spreadsheets that my stores have sent me. And, like, 
I get a phone call from my store, and they're like, we're slammed, and we've had 40 cups in the past hour on top of some bagels. Can you help? And I was like, there should be three people there, yeah? She's like, well, one of us isn't doing so hot. And I'm just like, all right, I'm on my way. So I go in there. I, I jump on the line. I start, like, working on drinks and, you know, doing that kind of stuff. I don't get done until, like, you know, 11, 30, 12 o'clock, something like that. I finally am able to check those things. Like, I had such limited time today. And upon starting to check those things at another store, crisis number two happened. And then, like, we had somebody call off in the morning. We had somebody call off for the night shift. We had to find the closer, which we thankfully found. Um, and then it, it was just like, what about Tuesday? What about next Tuesday? Next Tuesday only has one person on all day. And I'm just like, all right, we'll make something work. We'll figure something out. And, like, my boss was texting me. The owner was texting me. And I, I had, like, so much communication happening. And I had yesterday off. So, like, all, like... All of these things are coming at me at once, and I'm just like, I need, like, I need morphine to take the edge off, and, a, like, 12 Red Bulls to get the blood flowing, because my brain cannot keep up. <laughs> I, I yeah. can't. It, it's just insane. And, like, I didn't get done today until uh, almost, like, 8, 8.30. Like, that nap that I wanted to take today, yeah, that never happened. Holy cow, that's absolutely crazy it's i mean management as a whole can be really stressful like that i mean for me it's like uh, my job is entirely customer service oriented my manager has experiences uh on a daily basis uh with what he does and it's it's very interesting to think about not even interesting to think about i guess it just it's crazy to me that people lack work ethic sometimes like not to say that person who's having a day um like not doing too hot lacks work ethic but like there are so many cases where i understand what i'm supposed to do and i do my best to do it but then the person next to me will just not it won't click in their head that like if i'm standing here doing nothing maybe i can turn and ask someone what they need me to do maybe i can assume some responsibility when there's no responsibility being handed to me like it just it boggles the mind that there are people who don't understand that fundamental idea of Maybe I should make sure that I'm helping or maybe make sure that there's not anything to do before I start sitting around. Right. Like, it's just crazy. Now, it's like, there are many people out there who lack basic common sense like that. Like, I feel like it's a pretty basic, like, thing that within, a, like, a work field that you should kind of have some sort of knowledge of how to approach those kinds of situations. But, like, Oh my god. Like I understand if it's really busy and like it's not going so as well as you may have hoped and like you have people on the line which you should be able to manage but like you know if if one person is kind of like it, it wasn't a matter of like they were slacking but they were getting really overwhelmed with everything. And like with how busy that store is, like this particular store is like they make close to on average on an average day like 2 grand in sales a day. Which is phenomenal for a smaller coffee shop like it's great but um like it, it it's it's amazing to me how i don't know the, the the baristas that were there were quick to sort of jump on this one individual who may not have been performing at their best but you know maybe that's because of external factors or maybe just because they are getting overwhelmed or whatever the case may be with that 
but like i was just like i got there and she like she was doing okay like you could tell she was struggling a little bit she could tell she was a little bit overwhelmed but at the same time like they were doing nothing to help her it was kind of like the whole scenario of like this person's drowning and you can't even toss them the 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 life support buoy to save you're gonna them. go rush to the phone and call an ambulance when you right. very easily grab it yourself yeah like if there's one thing i could teach people and i try my best to teach this is like problem solving 101 like i want you to approach this issue that you are having and try to solve it yourself before you call the emergency service which would be in me in this case like i want you to approach this thinking critically like critical thinking skills are so necessary in real life and you know, it's kind of hard to learn, and it, it's it's very important to learn critical thinking skills. But, like, problem solving is, like, part of that. If you can't approach a problem and attempt at least to figure that out in the first place, or attempt to make it better, or, like, you know, put a Band-Aid on it at least uh, before calling, like, the, the, the support in, like, it's not a failure, I should say, but, like, it definitely makes things frustrating because that shows me that you know you don't know what to do and that may be a lack of training on my end that may be a lack of training you know from the manager there it may be that you know you weren't given the correct support that you truly needed i don't know but you know i will find out and you need to understand how to solve these issues on your own first and if, then if you can't solve it like that's what i'm here for oh but, yeah like, it's, it's just crazy bottom bottom line is if you need to call for help absolutely call for help but like there's so many times where it's like they won't even grace humor or like even <laughs> attempt to perceive the idea of what can i do before calling they just their first step is to call mom so to speak <laughs> right like like i can't find the eggs all right i'll call mom like you didn't even think to exhaust your options before calling you just jump right to it right and it's like no uh, fundamental understanding of hey, maybe that person has things going on that they're already doing because they also have a job that they're already occupied with. Now, let me let me jump the emergency, you know? It's not like the store is burning down. It's not like they are they have angry customers. It's like one person is not having a not-so-fun time. For <laughs> What do you do? You help that person. But instead, eh, we'll give a phone call. Right. And, like, I try to build, like, obviously, like, what I am involved with is training and coaching, helping with these kinds of situations and really teaching people how to take care of these situations that may arise in the future. Because one day I'm not going to be there. I won't be there as an emergency service. I won't be there to jump in. Um, like, the way that my position was described to me, and I helped to sort of uh, deepen the understanding of this, is in the past um sort of people in my position in sort of the regional management position have been firefighters where uh you know they wait they're on standby when the alarm goes off and there's a problem at a store they go they put the fire out and then they go back to the station and wait for the next alarm they wait for the next emergency to arise and then they act upon that and it's just sort of this this never-ending cycle of like oh, this store has an issue? Okay, I'm going to go put it out real quick and we'll solve it short term. And then they go back and then they wait and then it just continues it to happen and nothing gets solved. My job, how I described it with that same sort of metaphor that they had already set up is like my job is to set up the sprinklers inside the building to put out the fire if it happens. Like, I, it, ultimately, if the firefighters are called, I'll be there. But like, 
I need to set up those sprinklers in your building and give you the know-how of how they work so I don't have to be there and the sprinklers can handle it. In this case, like management team or like that kind of thing is like staff in general will be the sprinklers. But like I'm there if you need it. I will show up. I'm like, and I try not to let these kind of things like inconvenience me. Um, and in general, I have a lot of things to like, I I'm a multi-unit management. Like I have a lot of stores. I have a lot of things to do. Um, but I try not to let these things like inconvenience me. And I try to like work around them and be flexible. But when it happens often, it's, it really like, like, Deep breath in, deep breath out. Try not to choke somebody today. Uh, try not to throw a cup at a customer. Deep breaths. Everything will be fine. I'll get to that paperwork. That is an emergency paperwork. Like soon, it'll be. It'll. It'll be okay. It's just like it. It just it. It gets to me sometimes. It really does. Yeah, it just it can be really exhausting to be constantly called upon. It's like ah, oh, please. <laughs> yeah. No. It, like. And I, I've I've been within a management position for some time now. Like I shouldn't say some time; it's been forever, but like it's been a little over a year. Um, and I've been in this position for a little bit. When I was a manager of a single store, like I told my staff, I was like, "All right, I am taking from now on three days off, and one of those days, do not call me unless something is on fire." Unless the espresso machine is broken, um, just just don't call. I don't want like if you guys have an emergency that arises that you know needs an immediate solving, let me know and I could take care of that. However, don't call me other like if it's something that is small that you can handle, and I'm going to teach you how to handle these things. But if it's something small that you can handle, like don't keep me in the loop, but don't expect me to respond because I ain't going to do it. And like it worked, it worked for a little while, but then eventually things kind of got out of hand, um, and like at our staffing level didn't become the best thing in the world. So I had to like intervene and take those, take just two days again. But like how I describe managers, like what you should do is like aim to have the weekends off, but you need to make sure that you have a very strong team before you can do something like that. Or if you want to have three days off, like you need to establish a very well-oriented team so they have the know-how of how to handle these situations. Otherwise, like, it's not going to work out for you. Oh, yeah. And it's, overall, it's, it's like a nice position to have, but it can definitely be a little strenuous to always be the go-to person uh, in a position. Like, I don't know, for me, I kind of aim to go through life as non-suspecting as possible, as bad as that might sound, just on the guise of, like, I don't want to work customer service. This is the only customer service job I've had. I never want to do it again. I don't like it's talking awful. to people on the job. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. Like, I, I really just want a job where I can focus in on a task, do the task, get it done, and be good at my task um, so that I can enjoy my life otherwise. Because I'm not working, living to work. I'm working to live. Like, I don't want work to be my life. Uh, but I also don't want it to be something that's stressful either. I just want it to be a, a null space. It, right. Like, I don't know. Like, um... Prime example was uh, I remember I could have gone into National Honor Society. I could have done uh, like clubs in school, but like I just wanted to go through the the steps. I mean, I graduated high honors from my community college that I went to, um, and no one knew my name. I just did it. 
just an allocate you can slap on. Yeah. I didn't even know I was going to get it. There was a teacher who was like, had a professor who was like, I've never met you before, and you're presenting a project at the fair? And I'm like, yep. And I'm like, how have you gone unnoticed for two years? And I'm like, yeah. I, yes. You'd be surprised, <laughs> chief. Yeah. It's like, I, I went out of my way to not talk to an advisor for two years because I knew what I had to do. I just wanted to get it done. I think, honestly, like, NHS is a, is a joke. It really, like, unless you're, I mean, unless you're going to, like, a very prestigious school. Like, I remember one of our English teachers who was the head of our NHS uh, society. I, National Honor Society, Society, whatever. Uh, who was the head of our NHS was very, very bitter in general. I remember this one time, um, I won't name names, but. I remember this one time there was a girl uh we always gathered like in front of her locker and it we always had a good time in the morning like before school actually started and we were just kind of talking and like we were right in front of this, this specific teacher's uh door and she had a door closed she's working early in the morning you know whatever we're talking in the hallway you know and this girl laughs and the teacher comes out and is just like yeah you think that's funny you think that's hilarious you're so loud you need to stop. I can't not get my work done because you're being so loud. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I'm just laughing. And she's like, stop. You need to quit that. And she's like, no, like, I'm not going to stop laughing because I'm having a good time. I'm sorry I'm being loud, but that's my laugh. Like, I'm not going to change that. And this teacher responded with, oh, yeah? Well, guess what? You disrespect me, you're never going to get into the NHS. And the, 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 my friend's response was, good, because I don't want to be part of your, your, your nasty, bitter cult anyway. Thank you for doing that. I'll be sure to write the board of directors for that as well. And it was just, holy shit. Like, this teacher was so bitter about it. And, like, Honestly, like all NHS is like it's very prestigious, very good to get into NHS. There's so much maintenance that has to go to maintaining that title, like volunteer hours, perfect grades, like minimum GPA. It's so stressful and like I can't imagine like being a high schooler is tough enough as it is, but like trying to really like <laughs> be a part of a high school cult like this, like it's just it's so ridiculous. It really I don't know how else to describe it other than just like this cult. Uh, really doesn't feel like much else to me, but like it's it's such hard work, and you're already stressed out, and you're you don't know like you're trying to find yourself in high school for the most part. It's just it's so much extra that has to happen to maintain that. It's really not worth it for just something that you could put on a resume or a diploma. Or, I don't even know what you put it on. Yeah, it's it's for what? I mean, in a similar vein, like the Boy Scouts, I got very. I wouldn't even stay fortunate. I, I'm not a big fan of the troop that I came from, but um, I got the best case scenario in terms of learning from scouting because I, I am an Eagle Scout and that is something I can put on my resume. And in my opinion, I feel like I'm doing a pretty good job of upholding the standard of what I believe an Eagle Scout ought to be, um, which is just like exercising... Uh, the proper fortitude to be an upstanding quote-unquote citizen uh, or just an upstanding person like for me 
scouting gave me the tools I need to be a per like an adult in society and like operate and handle myself. And I I feel like a lot of people don't get that out of it and still get the same title I got, which really irks me. But um, it's one of those things where Boy Scouts, when I went through it, felt like it was something that was teaching me valuable life skills, and it did. But nowadays, uh, like reflecting on what I see in the news and stuff, it's like, what really is this whole society? Because it seems like a lot of people aren't getting the same thing I got out of it. And that's not a good thing. It's kind of like the honor society where it's like, is everyone really getting anything out of this? Or is this just a title to hold? It, I feel like that's all it really is. Like it, it's something that like gets you maybe into a higher college or it's something that people will look at me like, Oh neat. You're in the national honor society. All right. Come to our college. But like in the real world, when it comes to jobs, like it's great to have. Sure. It might be an allocate that you really are proud of. Congratulations. But like, I don't really understand what that's supposed to show other than like, you know, you met the basic requirements to maybe stay in this, uh, in, 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 in NHS, but like, that's great. But does not mean that, you know, corporations or whatever job you're trying to land is really going to be looking for that kind of stuff? Yeah. Like, I wonder if they actually care. <laughs> right. And like, unfortunately, until you get to that position, like, or unless you know somebody who's within that field who does like interviews with those kinds of things, like, there's no way to know until you get there. And like, you know, whether that person is, if they're, if they are, if that's something that they really hold dear and near to their heart, congratulate, like, cool, your business, you, it worked out for you. But, like, I feel like that's not the case for majority of people. Absolutely. It's a, in the similar topic. It's like people talking about different Ivy League colleges and stuff. And it's like at the end of the day, if you go to a community college or you go to like a like Yale, I don't think it matters. It's education is education. If you can get the cheapest education possible, that's all that matters. You're just getting the piece of paper, right? Like it, like there, Ivy League college is so expensive anyway. Like I would rather go to community college for two years and get a degree that cost me. Six thousand dollars, rather than go to an Ivy League college to get the same degree for uh, what ten times that? Probably, yeah, hundred times that. I don't even know at that point, but like, it's it's just not worth it. And like, you if you want to, if you like, if your dream is to go to an Ivy League college, that's great. Like, by all means, do so. Like, don't let me stop you if you like can get into those kinds of things. Like, you should do it. But like, at the same time. I value money more than I value a title or a specific location that I went to school with. And, and I mean, money goes a long way in that age. And that's a lot of debt that's going to be hanging on your shoulders. And you'll be paying that off until you're 62 years old. But congratulations, you got that degree from Harvard. And at this point, who cares about the college experience? You're just going there for an education. Like, full full on like no no disrespect to anyone who goes to college to like live in a dorm and stuff but really who cares i don't i'm not going to college to party i'm not going to college to like make memories i'm going to college because i want the education um that's really it <laughs> I, if you no if your goal is to go to college to go to parties you're going to have better luck at a bar or a club <laughs> honestly yeah just fucking go go do that instead like you're wasting your time if you're not if you're going to college for everything but the education, don't go to college. It's so dumb. Like, like oh, granted, yeah. granted, there's like experiences that you should have while going to college, but 
that shouldn't be your main goal to have parties. Like, you're there for an education. Like, you're paying money to go to have an education. That should be by far your top priority. Yeah, I, I look at it from, like, a purely utilitarian point of view, but honestly, there are some benefits to, you know, the dorm life, to sports, all that. But for me, it's like, I just want the education, and then I'm going to leave. I don't really care about anything else. Discord be tweaking. And Discord's having a field day today. <laughs> he said, right, what's all this then? Talk about, talk about college. Hey, joke's on you. We got big college in our pocket. <laughs> we heard that shit from a mile away. We sniffed you out with our bloodhounds, and we're about to come hunt you down during our weekly uh, sport event. <laughs> we'll have your head. Something the straight poster. out of a Bond movie. It's like, a, it's like Discord is a Bond villain. <laughs> oh, my God. Bond villains are, like, so extra <laughs> in everything. Like, they really are. And, like, they, there's nothing they get from it other than just, like, the satisfaction of being like, all right, Mr. Bond, if you don't do X, Y, Z, I'm going to do this. They're really they just have... cloud chasers. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Clickbait. <laughs> Early form of clickbait. Kind of like, I really, really like um, the idea of, like, being a gentleman and having class and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, um, there's this quote, I forget who said it, but they said that nobility isn't being superior to your fellow man, it's being superior to your former self. And to me, that is the coolest shit. But um, on the same note, um, it is hilarious to me when people are like, oh yes, I got this vintage 1857 whiskey that was brewed in my father's ball sack. And it's like, okay, um, <laughs> it's just whiskey, man. <laughs> I don't Sure care. tastes great. Yeah, it's like I I'll respect the age and I'll respect the craft, but like, okay. <laughs> I mean, like, in all honesty, like aging is a very mindless uh, process for the most part. I, like, it you just put something in a, a like some form of container and let it sit. I don't really think there's anything beyond that. I, I Congratulations, don't... you didn't drink this for two hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> I I do love history i love um museums and stuff like i mean when we were up in michigan um and we went to the henry ford there's so much cool stuff in there oh, such yeah. a blast but like i don't really care about like one wine over the other i mean if it tastes good uh i'll probably drink it but like right. i don't need a, a snifter <laughs> <laughs> like to circulate my wine and then drink it um i mean mad respect to people who do indulge in that craft and i it is for all intents and purposes a craft but for me i don't know if i think the wine tastes good i'm probably gonna drink it and that's it there's like there's i mean there's there's differences in like aged wine there's there, like there's some things you can tell like i've had like cheap box wine and i think cheap box wine is pretty good um and like I'll drink that, and it's super cheap, and it's fantastic. Like it's, like I said, pretty good. But I've had like a seven year old wine, and like the the flavors deepen. There's more of like a, a sour, like you get a lot more of like the sour taste to it, like that fermented taste, and it like really it changes the flavor. But like I, uh, obviously everybody likes their taste. I don't have the palate to really be like, mm, yes, that wine was uh. It was originally a white wine, but it has aged to a a a a 
a Chardonnay, a Cabernet. Uh, it comes from California. You can really taste the uh, the desert um, and the, the, the San Andreas Fault in there with a hint of the ocean. Um, I don't know why I'm turning Australian. Um, but, like, I, I'm not going to sit there and be, like, posh about my wine. I drink a, like, a, it's like an 18 bottle, $18 bottle of wine, apparently imported from Italy. It's a product of Italy or whatever it's called. But, like, it's sweet. It tastes like juice. I like it. I'm going to drink it. I'll drink the whole damn bottle if I have to. I don't care. Am I alone? Probably. That doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but, like, I'm going to drink whatever's in front of me. If that happens to be $110 wine, cool. I'll get to experience $110 wine. Is it a $3 bottle of wine that I picked up at the dollar store that somehow sells bottles of wine? Fuck it. I'll drink it anyway. Unless it's really, really bad. You know, if I really, really don't like it, then, you know, I'll set it aside. But, like, I'm not going to pretend like I know what I'm doing. I'm not going to pretend like, you know, that's my style. Yeah, that's really the bottom line. I mean, I'll, I'll respect one whiskey over the other or, like, one form of alcohol over the other. But at the end of the day, if I like it, I'll like it. If I don't, I don't. And that's really my criteria. Right, but that's just, like, basic taste. Like, if, if I like this whiskey because, like, I like the taste of these aspects or, like, I like this whiskey because I think it goes down smoother or whatever the case is. Like, there's different things you can like about whiskey. Like, they're not all the same. There's different ways of brewing whiskey. There's different ingredients that go into making whiskey. Like, wine, like, there's so many different ways that, like, wine is made. You can ferment it. You can do whatever. Um, but, like, I can't tell you between what an aged whiskey versus a, a Crown Royal tastes like. Never tasted exactly. aged whiskey, but, like, past that. But, like, I'm not a whiskey person in general, so don't take my word for it. Very rarely will I drink whiskey. No, I feel that completely. It's just like, uh, it's it's almost like snobbery, where there's a difference between um, being very, very fascinated with something and actively looking down on other people, like gatekeeping. Um, a lot of people do it with music or video games or et cetera. Like, um, it's, very, it's actually popped up in conversation earlier today for me. Um, a friend of mine was like, I kind of feel bad about it, but I really like Grogu from Mandalorian. And I'm like, don't feel bad about that. Like, just because something's popular doesn't mean you can't like it. I mean, shoot, oh. it's popular for a reason. It's kind of like um, a lot of people, like, when an artist, like, blows up like a musician, a lot of people will be like, man, I used to listen to them back when they did this, this, and this. You're now not a real fan this. unless you've listened to their whole first album and cried tears. Like, all right, now you're just fucking ruining the experience for everyone else. <laughs> like it's great if you're like I remember when they were like this and that like that's great but if you're gonna be like you're not a huge fan unless you do X Y Z or like you're not a huge fan unless you're into this from them like I'm not gonna sit there like I I there's bands that I've listened to there's games that I played like series that I've played and like I'm a fan of like Final Fantasy have I played every single version no that's a lot of freaking games do I have the patience to sit through all of them no I can list all the games that I've played I can list every single one that I've played I can. I know how many there kind of are. I know characters from each one, but I'm not going to sit there and be like, uh, like as if I played through all of them and be like, well, you can't, you can't, um, you can't really be a fan of Final Fantasy, uh, unless you played this really obscure Final Fantasy tactics, uh, that came out a long time ago, uh, 
and, and, and like if you have a, if you don't even know about it, you have played that game. Uh, you're not a fan. You can't be. And I'm just like that's stupid. That you're like that's wrong. Like let I'm I I'm not. That's stupid. Stop it. Like I just want to smack those people. <laughs> Personally, yeah, it's so dumb. It's like oh, you love your mom. Name three of her albums. <laughs> like what? Let's see. Uh, no, the album one was uh, released in 1998, and it was "I'm a Beat Your Ass." Uh, <laughs> and there was another one in 2004 that's like "I'm gonna beat your ass" part two, and then there's part three where she's like, "Oh, you moved out." <laughs> With a period. With a period. <laughs> Just, oh, you moved out. That's it. <laughs> and then one of those parenthetical titles where it's I, uh, "You moved out." I'm still gonna beat your ass. Yeah, it checks out. It seems like you're a fan of your mom. You know, three yeah. problems. Your mom. <laughs> you passed the criteria. The gate has been kept. <laughs> but yeah, like so gatekeeping, stupid. I don't know. Like, it's so like, I don't know. It is something that like everybody. I feel like everybody encounters or that has been a part of in some way, shape, or form. Like whether you know it or not, it, it's it's something that's so deeply rooted in like cultures and series and stuff like that. It's stupid. I mean, Don't shoot, I might not like. I might not understand why someone likes a certain thing, but as long as there's not anything intrinsically bad with that thing, or the people who like that thing, then shit, enjoy it, go for it. I might not be a furry, but hey, if you really like it, I'm very <laughs> glad. That, I'm not gonna rain on your parade. Like everybody's entitled to their like opinions on things. I may not like one sect of music or one artist, but as long as that artist is not a scumbag and you're enjoying their music, good on you. Um, there are certain cases where uh, I'm like, yeah, no, that that I don't like that. <laughs> and uh, an example would be like My Hero Academia. The people who like that show, not everyone, but the people who are vocal about it online are so problematic, and it really bugs me. I feel like there's a whole like I don't I don't know if you want to call it gatekeeping, but like there I feel like there's a whole, especially with anime, um, where like people who only watch like the actual animations uh versus like manga like i feel like there's a such a feud between those types of people because me personally i like when it comes to reading manga or something like that and i've read through a few series like not fully but like i've I've picked up uh in some way shape or form like manga in general and like me personally i obtain information like that i personally think that animes are so much cooler animated and there's gonna be some exceptions to that rule um i can't really give any specific examples berserk never actually seen berserk exactly but uh, like it's yeah uh but like there's such like a whole thing of like animation versus manga and it's like well you know because i remember when i was getting into attack on titan and everyone's like oh the manga's been out for a while like i know what happens and then, like, you know, season one kind of gets over with, and they're like, oh, you need to read the manga, uh, like, past that. And I was like, no, nah, I kind of just want to wait for season two to come out. Like, I'm really, I really don't care about reading the manga. Like, I don't digest that stuff very well. And then it's just like, there's people that will force the manga on you, or, like, manga only, because manga is the only way to, like, keep up on, like, animations or, like, that style of, of, of like, those series, I should say, like it, yeah, it's so stupid. 
No, absolutely. And for me, it's like, I, I don't even consider myself super, super like absorbed in the culture of like anime and things of that matter. I do really like the art styles. I, I do have some shows that I love and I do have some manga that I read. But at the end of the day, it's like I, I try to steer clear from like anything on social media with like groups regarding that stuff because it just it becomes this culture where it's like it's nice to share interests with someone, but people tend to like make it this whole to do with drama and like everything about it. And it's like, I'm not about that. I just want to enjoy the thing and go on about my life, talk about it with people and just every now and then in passing and that's it. Like, um, the appeal for me is like animated is absolutely like the way to go. Like certain things are animated to such a degree, such a degree like Demon Slayer or Hunter Hunter, where it's like, whoa, that looks beautiful. Like this is actually like come to fruition and it looks awesome. Um, but there are instances where they do suffer from being animated. And one such case would be One Piece, where um, you don't lose anything going from the manga to the anime. Uh, and vice versa. Uh, but the problem is the pacing. And by that, I mean that there's two chapters per episode, and they really draw it out. So, like, you'll be sitting there, like, twiddling your thumbs, like, all right, yep, come on, keep going. I just want to watch the show. I just want to see what's going to happen. It's like the whole Dragon Ball Z thing where it's just like, all right, now we're going to sit through these uh, 12 episodes that are all of the same scene, and there are like point a is supposed to be this person gets captured point b is you know they finally get away and we have to watch all 12 episodes and some of that's going to be filler some of that's going to be information um and some of them are going to be really drawn out and like you know it makes for like a great long-running series but like some of that is so boring and like that stuff would be much easier to digest as manga because it doesn't take as long to convey that kind of information like yeah especially battles too like with manga like you know a battle you can you can illustrate pretty well i feel especially if you have very talented which you should have very talented illustrators for those reasons but like you know in a battle scene in an in an action like an animation you want to like engross people within that battle so you have to make it really flashy and you know sometimes really long um, which can really draw out an episode, and you know it could become potentially like a quarter or half the episode if you're it really, you know, it's a very intense battle. Who knows? Um, but like manga, you know, you can show like I don't know a page, two pages worth of fight scenes or them like duking it out and be done with it and move on to next exposition or next part, and that's cool. Like there, are, there are some very flashy scenes. There's some very good fight scenes and stuff like that, but like. There's a lot of there's a lot of like extra embellishment I think when converting manga into animation, and some of that's really cool to watch, but some of it's really unnecessary. Yeah, no, hundred um, percent. There's so much fluff. Also, uh, you mentioned uh, Attack on Titan. I only saw the first season in high school, but like, there's been a resurgence of people that I've been talking to that have been watching it lately. There's four seasons like... now. Yeah, and I'm like, man, I'm missing a lot, aren't I? Cause I, I didn't honestly... even know. Yeah, no, I watched season one uh, way back when it came out. Um, I think that was like freshman year of high school for me. And I just remember kind of being like, it was all right. 
I don't get the hullabaloo. It's okay. I mean, it was kind of boring, to be honest. Not much happened. Um, but everyone's kind of ranting and raving about it. Like, one of my friends, they, uh, <laughs> they've been getting into it on a whim, and they're not really an anime person at all. And it seemed like at first they were they were really not into it. They thought it was really dumb because I think they were also in the first season. But I think they're uh, they're trying to give it a whim or a shot rather. And because they made it past that first season, they're like, "Whoa, this is sick!" And now I'm like, "Huh? If everybody's really on this train, and like my my I'm, I have a couple friends who actively keep up with it and Reddit and stuff too." Um, then I'm starting to wonder, like, should I give this a shot beyond that first season? Because, I don't know, people seem to like it. I've watched the first and the second season. I haven't watched, I think I might have started the third, and I think they didn't have the full season out yet. The first season is a lot slower paced. Like, there, there's there's some stuff that's kind of thrown at you, and there's some curveballs here and there. But it's mostly just kind of setting up it, it, the first season is really about setting up the story and the world and like how some things came to be. Season two has a lot more curveballs and you know it sort of gets into some backstory and embellishes on a few you know finer details and you learn who some of these true villains are and who's kind of behind some of these like attacks and who's been behind you know X Y Z and stuff like that. And the people that are actually behind them are kind of, you know, in some way, shape, or form, astonishing. Like, kind of find that out. Season three, I don't remember if it was season if it was season two or season three that the the uh, artists behind the animation decided to divert a little bit away from the manga itself. I don't know how much to that extent. But I remember there being like controversy because they were like, "Yeah, we really don't want to take the manga. Like, we wanna, we wanna sort of go our own route." And everybody was just like, "You can't do that. That's impossible. Like, that's stupid. You can't do that. You're never gonna become successful with that." But like, I don't know how much they did divert from like or like or separate themselves from the manga or like if the main plot line is gonna be the same or whatever. But season three is like nuts. It really goes off the rails and it really just transforms into like this bigger picture. And you learn so much more backstory and you learn a lot about like how Titans came to be. And you learn a lot about like, you know, the origin story of like some characters and how they came to, to become where they are and who they are and stuff like that. Um, season four, no idea. No, no clue. Can't tell you. Um, but honestly, like, yeah, compared comparatively, like the first season is really all about like that setting up that exposition season two. It really kind of picks up and moves forward, but one thing I think that Attack on Titan really does really well is like the 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 fight scenes and the music score is incredibly good. Um, I really like the music from that, and I think it does a lot to sort of amp mood too. Personally speaking, I I didn't get too into it, but um, I think that they followed the manga because uh, from what I've heard, they're only on episode six of the fourth season, and that they're waiting to put out episodes based on the manga wrapping itself up because the final chapter is coming out. So it seems like they've been waiting and pacing themselves around the end, the finale. Um, but I did see... <laughs> I'm trying to remember their name. I think it's uh, the character Mikasa. But apparently yeah. there's like a, a shot, like a headshot of Mikasa in, in like season four. And someone, uh, a bunch of people were like joking about it, saying it looks like it's pulled right out of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Like they just made Mikasa look like a JoJo <laughs> character. And uh, to me, that's <laughs> really fucking funny. Um, of all people speak- too like that's 
That's funny. Man, this episode went all over the place, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, I've got a lot of editing to do. That's okay. <laughs> we have a got lot, a lot of, of a lot of a lot of segments I can cut out, piece together, move around. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's there okay. Because I had I had absolutely nothing to talk about today, so perfectly fine by me. This conversation went what did we even start? We started talking about Hades and video games to like psychology to school uh, work, ethic. work yeah. ethic and then well i think that will do it for this week's episode of the babble box um please make sure to follow us if you have liked this episode or if you want to view any of the other episodes you can always make sure to pull us up on spotify or any of the other platforms i am on and view it from there justin thank you so much for joining me this week it's been absolutely phenomenal been a pleasure thanks for having me of course hopefully this will be the start of many many more um but yeah it's been a good time so we will see you next week until then this has been the babble box